everyone. Welcome to Web3 Afternoon Tea. This is Jasmine. I'm a founding partner at ANT Capital. Podcast series, we want to focus on product-relevant topics. It's because we felt it's an area that got often ignored in the crypto space, but actually relevant to everyone. With infras getting mature, we believe applications shall be getting more addressed. So we want to feature the entrepreneurs with extensive product management experience and builders all over the world. So we want to bring you in-depth conversations and diversified insights in the chill environment. Today, we are glad to have Ming to join our first episode. Hey, Ming, want to say hi to our audience? Hi, Jasmine. Thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. This is Ming. Since uh, many years ago, I started working on product. Um, I joined Facebook uh, earlier in 2013, and then started to working on product ever since. I have been working on many classic Web2 products in the past, which includes consumer-facing, photo-sharing um, application, advertisement as product, and, and later on started to build a community app uh, by dance. Yeah, I enjoyed all this um, product effort a lot. And then uh, recently I joined the crypto Web3 world and also met amazing people like Jasmine. And then um, I also started to help building a product council in AND Capital, which is aiming to um, help our portfolio company to build a better product. That's great. I heard some really amazing experience you had in Web2. What exactly brought you into crypto? Short answer, um, BTC price. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, now, um, yeah, that's the, what we see on the surface. What drove me to this space and got me really excited is the um, revolutionary innovation that I see in this space, including how um, crypto and blockchain can protect privacy, can really um, make a lot of uh, digital asset no longer a copy-paste uh, digital um, uh, uh, property. And, and also the, um, the financial, the, the implication to the financial world, all this gave me an excitement in, um, and it also make me want to really see what's going to happen in this space and also want to invest my time and also money into this um, space to uh, build a better product. Cool. It's always great to see talents with various backgrounds coming into crypto. It just makes the space become more uh, diversified. So one problem I've been noticing in the space is that projects often having a hard time in finding a good angle in launching a product. I wonder how did Facebook and Badance, so namely TikTok, get started, and how did they find the perfect product market fit? Uh, that's a really interesting question. So, um, yeah, we always categorize um, um, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and also like TikTok recently, Snapchat as a social media, but they really um, they are really very different company from, I say, a product person perspective because they really solve different um, different kind of problem that in our life. The question is about how this product find a product market fit and how the market start to love this kind of product. It goes down fundamentally to what kind of problem they actually solved at that point of time in history. So let's like for for Facebook, let's go back to two thousand four. That is when that's just a few years after um, the dot com bubble burst and then people only started to trust internet again and then that is also when uh, internet started to get more and more popular and cheaper among students and that is the time again when people really want a new way to connect in addition to phone book that we used to have 
So that's that's how how it all got started. Like a, a bunch of uh, Harvard students started to get connected to each other and start to uh, stalk after each other. Status change, photo uploads, profile change, uh, uh, relationship status change. So yeah, that's how Facebook got started. And then later on, of course, uh, it started to get more popular to more colleges, and then and, and then later on to the mainstream workforce, and then to and to older and older generation groups. So actually, the macro environment and timing are the key for Facebook. What about uh, TikTok? In my opinion, TikTok is not a social media application or platform. I think social, uh, TikTok is an uh, entertainment application where a very small group of people who are very talented, who are daring to post things and um, post funny or innovative ideas of videos to broadcast to majority of the um, younger generation and let and entertain them and get some likes comments in return of course those who, do, who are doing very well they have, may have a chance to monetize but most of them they don't they don't monetize they just want to get some collapse some uh, audience to look at them some attention so um and then from the consumer perspective it's really just to consume data just like how we used to watch tv and uh, watch and read newspaper so yeah it's a how they get started. TikTok really started by a very niche group of people. TikTok in the US um, started off by a few, a small number of uh, high school students who like to do lip syncing with the song, mm. which is a very funny type of um, video content, which can go very viral among the high school students. Because if you can do something funny, it looks like I can do it as well. So um, TikTok was uh, TikTok at that time called Musical.ly went very um, popular among the youngsters. Of course, how they got to millions and uh, millions of users later on is another story, uh, but it already really started from the lip syncing application called Musical.ly. That's actually some interesting recap of how did the two trendy social products get started. Do you actually think um, an existing business model in Web2 could be adapted into Web3? Oh, I think this is a tough one. Uh, I have been thinking about this problem and also observing the market for a long time. A few factors that I'm, I will be definitely looking at. If there needs to be a new social network that gets really popular among the mainstream, that social network has to start from very young generation, ranging from 16 years old to about 25. That's it. If there's any social so-called so social network uh, new application that wants to start from 30 years old, 40 years old, that's almost for sure it's not going to be mainstream. Mm -hmm. um, so that's number one. Um, second, uh, this platform has to be providing a very new type of um, way for people to connect that they couldn't do before. So taking this two into consideration, if you ask me to pick one, I think the closest one, which has a very young, young uh, demographic, and also just started to establish a new way for people to connect and probably will build more is something like Discord. Discord? Yeah. Can you please elaborate more on it? Um, yeah. That's it. That's probably the closest one I have seen. But of course, if uh, will they become the new Web3 number one social network? I don't know. But it has a few key success factors that I think a new social network will look like. Uh, true, true. Uh, people have been concerned that there doesn't have a well-functioned decentralized version of Discord for communication. I actually wonder what major features you think shall be covered in such product in Web3. 
I think that's very interesting that um, we think that privacy, um, owning your own asset and uh, data is one of the core value proposition of Web3 applications. But we rarely talk about people. Do people really need that level of privacy? Or do, we, do people really need that kind of privacy and ownership for every application, for every second of the day? Maybe not, right? Will people, like regular people on the street, really are willing to learn and learn to use a new application for messaging, for sharing photos, because they kind of own it? If we ask random people on the street, probably they will look at us and say, what, what are you talking about, right? <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, my perspective is that I really don't think if we have a weapon that is called protect your privacy, uh, that weapon can solve all the all the, the tool toolbox can solve all the problem and they should replace existing applications because um, like, let's say iMessage, Discord, Telegram, they are centralized. And uh, so what? It doesn't cause any big concern for people in their daily life. So most people are fine using them. Their privacy are not violated. At least they don't feel so. At least they don't feel somebody is hurting them every day by stealing their data. Because And then in return, they have a lot of convenience. Fast response, somebody's building it. And then at most, they see some ads. That's it. Then, then people are fine with it. So I don't think there will be a similar app that come, come up, just a social media or a, a social media or um, content sharing social media that just come up and then being 99% the same, but just say they provide privacy can win over existing Web2 application. I think something need to be very different and solve something which is solve some problem that can be 10x better than what is mm -hmm. currently served by the Web2 applications. I actually agree. Um, I think like Web3 social products should provide a necessary but constantly ignored feature to win the real users. Instead of just by sharing to earn or like posting to earn like with such kind of like short-term strategies. But also in the meantime, I think we should focus more like on what younger generation are looking at. Yeah, exactly. Um, just okay. give you one, one success story about this similar, mm -hmm. um, similar uh, new social media that... Uh, this came up among all the among the existing competitors, which again is Discord. I started using Discord maybe a number of years ago when I started to play World of Warcraft. Uh, um, that was when That's Discord. Cool. How good are you? Uh, <laughs> I was pretty good. I was a guild master. <laughs> but anyway, um, when Discord appeared in the market, it was not the most popular. I am the best. I am which want to kill Facebook, iMessage, or whatever. Right? Um, Discord just came up as a tool for people to talk while they play games. That's it, to coordinate fight together so that it, it's the, it was the best uh, voice chat room server at the time. And it just so happened that gamers had very limited choices and the Discord was one of them. And then the gamers started to use Discord more and more. And since I'm on Discord already, why don't I just uh, chat with each other more? Why don't I just uh, find each other on Discord? So Discord solved the problem 10x better than the rest of Instant Messenger in the, um, in the world at the time. And then... Because of the demographic at the time with gamers, young people, um, 16 or even 14, 16, 14, and 20, um, when they grow older, then just get used to using Discord to talk to each other. So this, that's, I think that's one of the main reasons why how Discord actually broke the barrier into the community messaging and you can call it a social media type of platform while the competition was really fierce out there with Snapchat, Facebook, 
Instagram, and now TikTok. So I think in Web3, with the fundamental innovation of the technology underneath, there will be one or two killer feature that can solve the problem 10x better than any Web2 application. And then you evolve from there and adopt some of the features that's already popular at Web2 and it become the new social media or messaging app. It's actually such a great case to share. So basically, Discord started from solving some real problems among the users. And from there, the users started to generate dependencies. And very naturally, the platform can develop even further like use cases to win more users. But are there any elements from like Web2 products going to still prevail than the ones in Web3? What do you think? I think there are many, many things in Web2 applications that people will love and will continue to use. And it's already part of their life. That's, that will hardly change. For example, how, how notifications work, even the, how the login work. You know, login with phone number or email has been around for 10 years. It's re- it will be really hard for people to just learn another way to log in. Um, and also it took years for people to learn that, uh, learn, learn email previously. So I think you, uh, even when Web3 applications start to get popular, the login with existing email and a phone number probably is going to help many people to get on board Web3. Yeah, speaking of login in Web2, I felt it's almost default to do it actually with um, emails or like a phone numbers. I'm not even thinking, but just do it. Um, comparably, the common methodology in crypto is with wallets, which is like the biggest uh, consumer product at the moment in crypto. What is actually your view of uh, the development of the wallet? Say in five years, do you think people will still use wallet to log in? Do you think the future of the wallet is going to be like a super app like Alipay or like um, WeChat or it will be more of a underlying infrastructure like operating system? Um, wallet is interesting. Um, wallet has a few components. Uh, wallet has the uh, user interface where people interact and a confirm transaction. Wallet has this element of uh, safekeeping um, our credentials, uh, which is the secret phrase. Wallet also has the layer to interact with uh, applications. So I think Wallet will not look exactly like what it is today. To be honest, current MetaMask and similar similar, um, Wallet extensions, they are going against how the technology evolves. Uh, Remember how uh, like 10 years ago, we started to learn email, how to enter email, how to find, forget password and then get password back. Later, the technology evolved into, uh, oh, I can find my password back by using a magic link. And then much later on, Apple started to adopt this uh, fingerprint and then biometric data. All this effort is trying to simplify how people interact with machine and um, interact with technology so that we just need to scan our face so that we to unlock our phone and unlock many other things. Wallet just suddenly just coming and ask people to remember a long secret phrase and read unreadable transaction code and confirm something that um, maybe many many people do not understand. That's actually a good point. I think it kind of like answer to my previous question of like which feature in Web2 products still prevails. Simplicity is definitely one of it. Yeah. And um, every time we do something, all this, I think, is temporary. I mean, the experience, the entire experience of um, the current wallet is temporary. I think it's going to be broken down into the three layers I just mentioned about, interact, interaction with the application, the, seek, the safekeeping of our credential, and also the transaction confirmations that we need to authorize every time. Regarding whether there will be a super app that, I mean, similar to the wallet now, 
there will be a popular app that uh, that do one or two layers of what I just talked about very well. Again, I just want to emphasize, I think the current experience of the wallet is just anti-human. <laughs> um, if Although it's very popular, but it is still only popular among crypto users. If we go on the street and pull random person to say, hey, I have, I have a wonderful experience, but you need to learn this new wallet, which is an extension also which in your browser, and you need to re remember this secret phrase so that you don't lose you everything. I, people are will think I'm nuts. So yeah, I think that's a long answer to, to your question um, that what I think the wallet will become in the future. So you basically think wallet will disappear? Yeah, I think you will not be in the current form, no. That's actually a very interesting angle. Um, I actually often see new wallets providing a lot of functionalities like DeFi or like NFT marketplaces before they actually gain significant amount of users. I actually agree to the point that it might work better when the product providing real pinpoint killing functionalities, then all the rest will actually come along. So my last question is actually, why do you think like mass adoption is not there yet? The wider adoption of um, crypto, I think it's, it's, a, it's a very complex perspective because um, crypto has now is no longer a, it's no longer a token, right? It's no longer a, only a Bitcoin. It's a, def, it's a decentralized finance. It can now um, it, uh, extend to NFT. I think all of them will have the, will need their own opportunity to gain mass adoption. I can just give you some few, a few examples that I think, uh, first of all, for Bitcoin, which is standalone, I think it is, it's standalone unique value, which is storage of value, right? So when that only take, will take time for people to trust it, just like gold, gold is gold is not a um, storage for value many, many, many years ago. You only got popular maybe in recent hundred, hundreds of years. So Bitcoin, may, it may take also take a lot of time for Bitcoin to gain trust and also maybe take a lot of uh, political and geo geopolitical events for Bitcoin to reach that kind of uh, trust among people. Let's take uh, payment as an example. I think payment um, will reach mass adoption in a different way compared to Bitcoin or decentralized finance because it may be the companies who may start to adopt enterprise solution of payments via crypto first so that everyday person will just start to use crypto as a payment gateway seamlessly without even noticing. That's just similar to Stripe. Nobody, we would never say there's a mass adoption of a Stripe um, of um, in our daily life, right? Random people on the street will never know what Stripe is, but they have been transacting using Stripe online almost every week, every month. So if there is a payment gateway, which start to use crypto as a way to exchange um, uh, uh, value and to make payment, because just simply because crypto is cheaper, is safer, is more, uh, is more private. And then that payment may reach its own mass adoption on its own way, which is through the enterprise ado adoption, company adoption. Yeah, this is a, yeah, that's just a few examples, I think, um, where different use cases of crypto Web3 applications can reach mass adoption. Right, I got what you mean. So basically you think it needs two elements. So firstly, an opportunity. Probably it will be similar as for Facebook and TikTok. So how did they get started? Which is like good timing or a systematic risk in a larger scope. And secondly, um, a killer app where people interact smoothly enough to forget actually we are adopting. Yeah. 
I think that's why we want to focus more on product. And that's why through this series of podcasts, we want to raise the market attention on product building. All right, that's all for today. Thanks, Ming, and thank everyone for listening. We would love to engage with more product managers, either for potential hiring for our portfolios or simply chat over how to build a product better. So please reach out if you have any questions, any suggestions, or want to get invited for our podcast. Lastly, wish everyone a great day and see you next time.